In today's episode, Dave interviews Tony Thaxton. For 11 years, Tony was a drummer for the band Motion City Soundtrack. In 2013, he left the world of rock and roll and started Police Navi Pod, a year-round Christmas-themed comedy podcast. Tony also co-hosts the podcast You Two Talking You Two to Me Too, yes, a podcast where they talk about the podcast You Two Talking to Me. Tony has been drumming for the band The Pride of Erie PA and writing his own songs. I'm Ian Foley. This is ADD Comedy. Facebook tends to it tends to Facebook tends to be like uh, it's great for promotion and things like that, but then it also shows me the side of of it basically makes me find out which of my friends I thought that I liked that I don't really like that much, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is helpful. Yeah, you know, it's helpful so. in a way. And I, I have reached the limit. I have reached the number limit. There's uh-huh. a number limit. It's five thousand. Yeah. And I've reached the number limit. And now, in a weird way, I'm kind of trolling people to go, fuck with me. Uh, <laughs> fuck with me. I'm going to get rid of you. Fuck with me. And uh, somebody told me to do this. They go, okay, if you reach the 5,000 limit, this is what you do. Every day, look to see whose birthday it is. And if you don't know them, boot them. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to that point. I'm, I'm nowhere near that, that level. Because I... I uh, I don't know if you know a ton about my my past and all that, but I was a touring drummer for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so I used to get I, I I got weird like I'm I love Twitter I'm more of a Twitter guy and uh, like that you know whatever whatever goes like you know obviously people can just follow you on there but with Facebook I kind of made that be more like I'm only gonna allow you if I actually know you got it so that's like my my personal thing like. Anybody can ask me to be their friend, but I'm probably not going to say yes unless I know you. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, but but then again, the information that you give on Twitter is by the very governor of 140 characters. Right. You can only say so much. Yeah. And I, that probably helps you. But for me, right. I'm I'm gonna fucking talk it up. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna talk it up. I had um, I had Lloyd Alquist on the show, and Lloyd is does this thing on YouTube called, uh, and I've been talking about it on the bottom because just. He was just on the show. Um, epic rap battles. Okay. I know of that. I don't think yeah, I've actually seen it. It's like two historical figures go at each other in a rap battle, and uh-huh. it's really well produced. He came over and took a selfie of us after the show, which is what you and I will do. Uh-huh. Took, he took a selfie, and he posted it on Instagram. And we were talking for maybe three seconds later. And, he, and I go, let me take a look at the picture. Look at the picture on Instagram. He already has 1,000 likes. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's had a billion views. A billion? A billion. Wow. A billion of his YouTube stuff. I, it could be, even if it's, even if it's a million, it's got to be more than a million. A million uh-huh. doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? Yeah. It's, it's a weird time. <laughs> it's a really weird time. It's a weird time. Uh, and, and so you're, you're still doing, you're still, you're still, uh, uh, what's the, what's your, you're in a new band. Uh, or yeah, I, yeah, uh, I play in this band called Pride of Erie PA. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's barely a thing. Like it's just for fun. And like, I mean, I, we've been doing it for a couple of years and we've only played a handful of shows mm-hmm. and we've just recorded a few things. Like it's totally for fun. Like I, I, I did the, the, music biz I toured like crazy for 11 plus years and I just it just kind of burned me out and I just had to get away from it so the new the new thing is just like uh it's me and like the other guys were all like kind of 
on on the older side for rock and roll, I guess you right. know. And uh, so the guys just, in uh, the guys in the uh, the other EPA, yeah, or in this pay. The, in right, EPA, in, they're old. They're too old. They're they're family people. Right, right, yeah. Like um, I'm, I well, we have a newer bass player who's I think the younger youngest guy now. But with the exception of him, like the other guys are, they have multiple kids and right. you know married and all that stuff. And um, so um, and then there's a rep about being the drummer. <laughs> where you're supposed to last a long time and then totally burn out. Did you were you feeling that you were going in that direction? Um it's it's complicated and I, I don't even know that I understand it. I've been... Do you really have to understand it? You know what I mean? I guess it really doesn't matter. Right. Uh yeah, I cuz I actually I was I uh was at therapy before I came here today mm-hmm. and uh it comes up a lot in my therapy of just like not really understanding my feelings towards music these days um because it was such a huge part of my life like it was all I wanted to do for ever really and it was like drums were the main thing I ever felt like I was any good at do really you, do you play piano as well I can dabble mm-hmm. but yeah I'm not exactly proficient got it um I so like dabbling on other instruments but yeah yeah so anyway so you're talking about so you're saying it's what you always wanted to do and you did it. You toured for eleven years, which mm-hmm. means that prior to that, you were, you were still, in the groove, so to yeah. speak. You were still doing it. Yeah. But then you got on the road and you toured for eleven years. But you started out really young. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Because uh, you've been, you've been, you haven't been touring for a couple of years, right? Yeah, I, it's coming up on two years ago that I quit. Right. Yeah. So, that says that you were on the road in your early. 20s yeah. early mid 20s yeah on the road mm-hmm. europe yeah and here yeah and australia japan like i yeah i think i went to like 19 countries i think mm-hmm. um yeah and i mean it, it was great for a long time like it was like i couldn't believe i was doing what i always wanted to do like couldn't complain but it just as time went on and i got older and you know got a serious girlfriend and you know thing it uh it just started becoming not a priority. Yeah, it was just like, you know, it felt more, it was starting to feel more like a job. But a job where I don't get to go home at the end of the night. You know what I mean? I totally understand what you mean. I totally understand about the idea of that which you love. Suddenly one day you say, and, and you hear the words come out of your mouth, like, um, I got to go to work. Yeah. And you go, oh my God, I got to go to work. That's not, re- that's not, I don't work. Yeah. Why am I telling somebody that I have to go to work? Yeah. And then it really gets you where you go, who the fuck am I? Yeah. Because you think like you feel guilty in a way of like complaining about it because you're like, oh, I'm doing what so many people at least think they really want to do and like would kill to be doing. And now I'm doing it and I've been doing it for a long time and suddenly it's just not cutting it for me anymore. Is it? Is it possible that it's also doing the same thing over and over and over again? Uh, funny you mentioned that because that was a big that was a big topic in therapy today. <laughs> um, I I think I think so because I'm I think I'm starting to realize that about myself that um, I kind of like variety and like right now that's been my big thing of like just trying to say yes to things and just 
like, you know, you, you know, you don't know what's going to happen unless you try it. So I'm right. just really, and I don't think I was necessarily always great at just saying yes to things. So I'm really trying to make myself do that now. It's interesting the way that I'm, I'm listening to the way that you're talking and you're saying, you're, you're backing off of the revelation that you had. And what I mean, what I mean when I say that is you, you, you how did you put it? Um, it's the idea of you're trying to say yes to things when actually you're really saying yes to things. You know? yeah. And I know that it might seem like a minor thing, but I, for those of us who have done something re repetitive, because I was, I was the artistic director of the Second City, mm -hmm. whatever that, that means to anybody, it doesn't matter, but I was the artistic director of the Second City for 10 years. And after a while, you, th there comes a point where it's diminishing returns. It's diminishing uh, emotional returns. And then it's just an echo. Then you are merely an echo. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And that echo is like, oh, I'm doing this because I've done it, and I'm doing it because it's what I was doing, and now I'm doing that. But you had an epiphany, and you quit a band, and you made a major fucking change. Yeah. And that's exciting. It was, I mean, it was, it was exciting. It was also terrifying. But, but <laughs> I, I was married for 14 years, and I had to tell the woman that I didn't want to be married anymore. And yeah. that moment of terrifying, because that's essentially what you did too, 11-year, with the same band, right? Yeah. 11-year marriage, and you went, I, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, married to four other guys. It, clearly, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I don't want to be married anymore. And at that moment, because you didn't ask for, you didn't wake up one morning and go, I want to, I want to leave the band. What ha ended up happening was you went, wait a minute, that feeling that I just had from that last gig, that's a very different feeling. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just an aberration. Oh, okay. So now I'm doing another gig. Mm, that feeling's there too. Yep. So you, I don't know about you, I, I, I was out of my marriage. And I don't mean to say that I f fucked around. I was out of my marriage probably four years before I left my marriage. Yeah. No, that's, it's, yeah, similar kind of thing. Like, I, I can't pinpoint, like, an exact moment. I know, just, but just feelings eventually started to change a little bit. And it was just becoming less fun. And, uh... Yeah, it, again, just like feeling more like work than right. fun. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know what? If I'm going to feel like I'm going to work, I want to come home at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that simple, really. Right, yeah. right. But, but in that way, what did you just do in that way? What you've decided to do was what your priorities were. Your priority at that moment was to say, I want to be home. Yeah. That was your priority. That was because really, it, you... You didn't suddenly just uh, what's that what's that called where you just suddenly catch fire, uh, you know, whatever. You suddenly just catch fire. <laughs> You're sitting there and you just catch fire. That's not what happened. What happened was um, you you evolved out of out of gigging and you evolved into this next thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the scariest part about it because for a while when I started feeling like this, I was. Uh, I was like, well, yeah, this is this is just not really cutting it for me anymore. But I have no clue what I'm gonna do if I'm not doing this. And so I kind of held out for a while because I was just like, I I don't know what I would do because this is what I thought I wanted to do for so long, and I always knew that it wasn't gonna, you know, I'm not gonna retire doing this, you know, because unless you're like the Rolling Stones or something like. Not many people are really doing that. 
Or you die before you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I look at all the Grateful Dead drummers. <laughs> you know. uh, but anyway. Uh, so, so I just tried to like, well, I'm going to kind of see if I can figure some stuff out and just kind of like keep going for a bit. And who knows? Maybe things will improve. Maybe I'll figure something. I don't know. I'm just going to stick with it for now. But then for some reason, I just... It, it pretty much just came to me having like a just total breakdown and it was just like, I know I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what my next move is, but I know I have to stop. That's frightening. And I also feel that it is, it's frightening, but it's also inspiring, but it's, there's also something wonderful about hitting that epiphany. Yeah. And it might not, and, and it might not seem like it. You said you it just wasn't cutting it, but you kept going because you didn't know what else you would do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you have that moment of I'm done with, I, I think I'm done with this, you're, you're not waiting for it to be over. You're waiting for the next thing to make, make its appearance. Yeah. And what you got to, when you said breakdown, was that, were you being hyperbolic or you had a breakdown? Uh, maybe somewhere in the middle. But it wasn't <laughs> like you were on the floor crying, drooling. Uh, no, but I, I did have several uh, breakdown crying moments. Sure. Not necessarily on the road, right. but it was more of, like, actually, I, like I said, I don't, I don't remember a pinpoint moment when things started turning for me, but I remember kind of a specific, oh, this is, I have to, because the feelings were building and building. Right. And then uh, one day I went to, I took my dog to the dog park and she's, <laughs> it was a combination of lots of things because she's not, she's great with people, doesn't love other dogs, mm-hmm. but I was like, I want to get her better with this. So I'm going to take her to the dog sure. park. Socializer. Yeah. And it was just, it was not going well. Like any dog that came close to her, she was freaking out over and it was just very frustrating. And so while that happens, my phone buzzes. I look at it and it's an email from our manager and it basically is laying out the entire year of what's coming up. And I looked at that email and was like, I, I don't want to do any of this. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so I came home and uh, I, well, actually, I think, I think there were actually... I think I may be slightly remembering it wrong because I think there may have been a few nights prior to that that I was kind of like talking about everything with my girlfriend and I think I did just break down and start crying. Sure. And because yourself is being, you're, you're, you're destroying, you're shattering yourself. Yeah. And I don't mean you're shattering yourself. What I mean is you're shattering this concept called self. Mm-hmm. But the self needed to be shattered. It's asking to be shattered. And the hammer was the email. Yeah. Yeah. So... So yeah, I got that email and then that mixed with the dog being terrible. Got the dog, went home, and I immediately called uh, our bass, bass player, who is still my best friend. And uh, I the just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just kind of told him how I was feeling. And he kind of knew that things were building and because we, we had talked about it before. Um, he knew I was kind of toying with the idea, but, um, but so yeah, so I kind of just started being honest with him and it was 
uh, you know, it was hard to even get those words out. Like, I, cause I broke down while trying to say all this to him. And but you're not saying it to him. You're saying it to you. Yeah. You're voicing it to you. Yeah. I'm and like, he's a, he's a witness to it. Yeah. I get, yeah. It was probably the first time I'm really saying, uh, it out loud, like as definitive as it was, you know, before it was like, yeah, I just don't know. But this was like, yeah, I, I just, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Wow. I remember the person, I remember when, again, going back to my divorce, I remember a student who I really love saying, we were at a bar, but we weren't really drinking. We were just having a soda or something like that. Um, and I remember saying, having conversation and just realizing I'm done. I'm going to go home and I'm going to wreck two relationships in order for one to survive because mm -hmm. I've got to ultimately be the one I mean not to say that I didn't care about Katie or her family but it's like when you're miserable everyone feels it yeah and you're you know I'm sure it's one of the things of uh, yeah you're miserable you don't want to make this person miserable but they're already miserable yeah because you're miserable and you're probably making them miserable. In Clearly. Because, yeah. I mean, how you, know, you take, take a moment right now just to think about who don't I want to bump into right now? <laughs> that miserable person. And you probably have a picture of who that miserable person is. And are you that person? If you are that person, what can you do to, uh, what can you do to evolve? Because evolve. you can't change. You mm -hmm. can just admit what it is that's going on and how you feel about it. What admit what's happening and what you did was you admitted it. You said this is not working for me. You surrendered. You surrendered. You didn't abandon. You surrendered yourself in order to find out. So what what what's on this side of that? When you when you stop touring, Tony, what is it that that because when we give up something, we then embrace something else. Yeah. And a couple of things that I'm hearing is you're embracing yes. The idea mm -hmm. of I'm going to take on that project, which I never, which I never would have done before. Yeah, but you're not taking on projects that you never that you, you're not taking on projects that if somebody says, "Look, we got a knitting circle. We really want you to be in that knitting circle." <laughs> right. You're not saying yes to that. You're saying yes to that which somebody brings up, which makes your heart, which takes your breath away in a, a little bit. You know, where yeah. somebody says, "I got this project," and you go, historically, I would say no, but yes, yeah. I just I yeah. I'm trying. To, I want to do things that either. I've always kind of had some interest in. Always, and always, just, always had interest in. Yeah. Not always kind of had interest in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, or just like things that maybe were always floating around in my mind, but it was just like, oh, I don't, I don't have time because of, of the band and the road. And right. it's like, I don't really have a way to pull that off right now. Right. And, uh, what are those things? But because uh, I, I, I heard the fucking Christmas shit and I fucking loved it <laughs> uh, because my girlfriend and I, we, we you know, well, first off, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Feliz Navidad is probably the, the Christmas song. Feliz Navidad is the most annoying song. I don't disagree. <laughs> it's it's just horrible. Uh huh. Um, there's another Christmas song that is horrible. Most of them are horrible. I love there's this a lot very of short ones. one that you did. The 28 second one was really great. Um, how long ago was that? Did you that you did those? Oh, the the EP yeah. that I did. Uh, that was just this past Christmas. Oh, awesome! Great, yeah. good, good. Some of so those had been building uh, mm -hmm. through the year because I do the the podcast, and then so and I like insert uh, for anybody listening who doesn't know, I it's like a Christmas themed podcast, and I kind of try to do it, you know, in the in the style in a way of like an old 
cheesy Christmas special, and so it like breaks into song every now and then. <laughs> and uh, um, and so that's kind of been nice because it's it's kind of a way to you know I, I don't I have a very complicated relationship with music right now that I don't understand. But, it's a complicated, but, but I, I don't know that I, I don't mean to cut you off. That's but it doesn't feel like it. It, it it it's complicated because you're calling it complicated as opposed to 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 embracing it and saying this is the way that I see my art. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just it's a strange thing. It's just I really not had I guess this is why I think of it as complicated because that was such a that was my life for so long and now I really just don't have a lot of interest in it except for these like silly little songs that I write and throw into my podcast. Right. Is it except or is it what you're doing right now? I mean, I guess I guess it's what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. To go except for these silly songs. But I gotta tell you, those silly songs pop at me. I'm not saying that is who it is. I'm not saying that it is who it is that you are. Mm. I'm saying that is what is that you that is one of the things that you're doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you because I know exactly what you're talking about. Any of us that anybody who are um, in the performing arts, we we evolve, we move, and we evolve. Mm-hmm. And particularly nowadays, where we can grab onto anything, be it you know, we, we can put our own show together, we put our iPod, we can put our podcast together, we can do a movie if we wanted to, we could do a movie short if we wanted to, we can do any of those fucking things. So <laughs> whatever it is that was that wasn't open to us when you hit the road thirteen or fourteen years ago is now here, and you get to go because I have a degree in photojournalism. Mm-hmm. I take pictures of food. I don't say I have a very complicated relationship with photography. I uh-huh. go, I take pictures of food. And I take pictures of people. And I zhuzh up the pictures. You and I are going to take a picture. And that's what I do. But it's about opening us up to go, we're artists and we get to do a fucking million things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, and I agree. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. And I'm really enjoying trying to figure, you know, because I'm, with the exception of there, you know, music is kind of involved in a lot of these different things I'm trying to do, but they're not the necessarily the main focus of them. And, uh, um, but yeah, so it's like a lot of stuff that like, Oh, I've never really gone down this road before. So I don't quite uh, like, I'll admit, I don't quite know what I'm doing, but I'm enjoying trying to figure it out and, and, you know, meeting these people that, that are helping me along the way and just, it's uh yeah it's been it's been fun it's you know it's been scary like i said just because you know i didn't know what the next move was i'm just gonna do a bunch of shit and have some fun and hope that something catches and that just that i find the right thing for me it's when you're touring you aren't you're meeting people but you're not really meeting people yeah you're just i always told people that uh i kind of i just felt like you kind of are just constantly saying goodbye to people because hmm. you you may you may see people a lot that like it in a way it like gave you an opportunity to to see like maybe family members or friends that you don't see all that often because you'd pass through the town a couple times a year or something but you know you're not getting great quality time with them you get to see them and it's great and it's nice to catch up but you know a few hours later see you later and you just kind of have to like i I got a little too good at shutting off my feelings i think because i had to because otherwise i'm just miserable say like 
saying bye and missing people. Right. And so in a way I got too good at that mm-hmm. and it just kind of like shut off too many feelings, I think. And do you I, think do you think a lot of musicians who are on the road do that same thing? Go through that because it really is in a way self-preservation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to because I feel like if you it's a it's a weird line to walk because in a way I feel like you have to because if you don't you're just going to be kind of miserable thinking like, oh, I miss my wife or, wh- you know, whoever uh, constantly. Uh, but in, at the same time, you need some of that there. Or you just feel like you turn into this robot kind of that just doesn't feel things. And mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of became that. And that's something I've been trying to work on as well lately. I also think that when you're on the road, you are practicing your, your art, but you're not necessarily mo- growing. I mean, oh, you're absolutely. You're practic- because you're not home <clears throat> having interactions with the world. It's, it's like living on a, it's not like living on it, it's living on a cruise ship mm-hmm. where you're performing on this cruise ship and people are coming into your lives and coming out of your lives. I, I, I had a girlfriend that worked on a cruise ship and it wasn't a ship, it was an island, really, because people came to that island and then they left. Yeah, and they came and they left, and you couldn't really establish a relationship with anybody. But what you also couldn't do was you couldn't go to that new cafe, and you couldn't check out, you couldn't see that your favorite restaurant closed down, or you couldn't be in your kitchen and experiment with searing tuna. You know what I mean? You're doing those things that 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 make us, especially artists, mm-hmm. we need that. I, I need that stimulus. I need also need to fail. I need to fail in order for me to figure I need to fail in order for me to know what what worked, which leads me to what works. Yeah. Absolutely. And just thinking about uh what you do, you know, being a improv guy, like at least in a way you get to uh you know, it's improv. So well, yeah, I know there's, you know, kind of can be some structure to how it goes down and everything. You know, you are getting a new thing every night. Whereas being on the road as a musician, unless you're doing a very specific thing, like for in my case, I'm pretty much just doing the exact same shit every night. So it just becomes routine and it's yeah. just not, it becomes not that exciting really. I mean, it, it'll have its moments. Like maybe you get a particularly great crowd one night that... You know, they're just really into it or something. And that, that'll feel nice. But, you know, overall, it's just <clears throat> like it totally just becomes autopilot. I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, w- working, at, uh, working at the Second City and doing shows on the main stage. My God, you know, I'm, I'm in the main stage of Second City. I am performing with Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, all these fucking great performers. Uh-huh. And we're doing the show that we rehearsed for eight weeks. We wrote the show. And then we do the show eight times a week for four months, maybe five months, mm-hmm. three months into it, I can't even count how many performances you've done. You go, I think I just did a scene. I'm on stage left. I'm standing here. I'm pretty sure I did a scene. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of it. Yeah. And it's not because I was drunk or stoned or whatever it was. It's just like I was on autopilot. Yeah. And how much of our lives are we doing? Like when you drove over here, you know, after coming from therapy, were you still in therapy or were you driving over here? Do you understand what I mean? Uh-huh. Were you still there or do you remember any of your drive over here? Right. Because that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about being present to 
everything that you're doing and just letting those experiences that you have exist as experiences. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I'm, I'm trying to make myself get better at. And right. Yeah. Because it's not, <clears throat> it's not something I've ever been that great at and I still struggle with just like, you know, constantly, like even, yeah, like for example, coming here. Like I knew I was coming here and I was, I was looking forward to it and everything, but I can't just like come and do it. Like I, on the drive over here, I'm like thinking about just like, oh, wonder, you know, what are we going to, what are we actually going to talk about? And like, you, you know. He are we goes, talking about any of those things? Uh, a little bit. Like I was just like, you know, I know that, uh, you know, it's, it's called ADD comedy. So I was like, you know, I've, I've heard the show. I've mm-hmm. listened to it and I enjoyed it. But I was like, you know, I, while I am kind of dabbling in some comedy things uh, right now, like, you know, that's not what I'm, if anybody knows me more than likely they they know me from the music world and everything. So I'm like, am I going to just be like a weird fit here? Is that, you know, and I just, I have to overthink everything. And I hate that about But the myself, thing is that you get a choice to know the moment that you're overthinking to say to yourself, I'm overthinking and I'm going to stop right now because yeah. I don't know what David's going to be talking about. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, listening to all the shows, it's not one of these things like Nerdist podcasts or these other podcasts where they're just cracking each other up every fucking step uh-huh. of the way. We're going to laugh. We're going to laugh. We're also going to talk. We're going to go deep. We're going to get off track. I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. I meant to say not drummers in the Grateful Dead. I meant to say keyboard players in the Grateful Dead who all died. <laughs> so, you know, but, but looking back, going, you know, that happened. And I love those moments where I don't know what the fuck is going on because I don't dwell on them. I just go, well, that happened. Yeah. And so the idea of being present, and I know, I know exactly what you're talking about because it, it was something that I was – that uh, it was a practice that I had, the idea of practicing to be present. And the moment that you say, oh, look at me, I'm going down the fucking rabbit hole. That moment that you go, I'm going down the rabbit hole, there is no rabbit hole. There's just now. And you get to go, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm not going to overthink this. Wait, isn't that what you said uh, in your about on your website? You said something like you overthink everything or you use your brain too much or whatever the fuck that is. Oh, yeah. Something I, it's like I have trouble turning off my brain. Right, or exactly. Like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. But one of those things, like certainly the, the inability to turn off the brain, it, for me, is the creative process. Yeah. As long as I don't make it the creative process, the project that I'm working on is making David feel like shit. That's a project I'm not going to involve in. Yeah. You know, the creative process is, oh, look at that. I like your jacket. I like the color of your jacket. I don't want, wonder what that, that, that button says. I, I'm looking at your shirt, and it's Ghostbusters, which makes me think, what's the female Ghostbusters movie <laughs> logo going to be? Is it going right. to be the ghost with tits? You know, what's that going to be? With, you know, it's like, oh, going, oh, and it's got eyeliner and uh. rouge, you know? <laughs> so I look at that, and I go, what's the creative process, you know? Like that idea of opening ourselves up to that. Uh, you have a, a Ghostbuster shirt on, so going yeah. back to that. Yeah. But we have trouble turning our brains off mm-hmm. because we're always going, oh. And right now, you were on the road and you couldn't do that shit. Mm-hmm. You, couldn't, you couldn't get involved in that project. Yeah. Yeah. And Whatever that was. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut Oh, you. no, no. I, uh, and then I start talking and then I immediately lost what I was going to say. The, but I'm just saying that... that what it, what it said was, when you're on the road, those projects, those that 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 stream of consciousness or the stream of inspiration, you are home right now. So mm-hmm. whatever project you want to work on that you're inspired by, you can do it now. Yeah, you had to get off the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the big 
thing that it's been good and bad for me is that well I had uh when I quit well, well here's the other what was it, say the name of the band yeah uh, it was Motion City Soundtrack okay um so when I quit the band uh you know I think another thing that didn't help all of this was I maybe didn't initially realize it quite at first I thought there were hints of it but I was definitely starting to like depression factors were were getting kicking in mm-hmm. and uh and I thought that I started trying to get help for it. And then I thought like, oh, maybe I just, I now that I'm starting to get help, maybe I, I ride this out a little longer and maybe I'll start feeling better and that'll make that better. Yeah. Uh, it didn't happen. So I made make the move and the depression, like at first was kind of like this uh, sigh of relief. It's like, okay, I'm done with that. I don't know what's next, but it was it was a little bit relieving. But instead of the depression getting any better, it, it honestly kind of got worse for a bit. And uh, I, it was really a struggle. And honestly, like just within like the last few months, I feel like I'm finally starting to feel... I started, I started taking some medication and I wasn't doing that before. Right. I was kind of, I was trying to not do that. I was like, if I don't have to, I don't want to. But do you and, think that you're unique in that way? I know I'm not... You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think you're unique in that way. I think that the mind says, for those, particularly for those of us, again, all I know is I'm a performing artist. For those of us in the performing arts, you go, I just have to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. I know what to do. I'm Nobody immediately goes, I'm depressed. I'm going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You go, I'm depressed. I can fucking ride this thing out. Yeah. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed because my marriage. I'm depressed because of my car. I'm depressed because of money. I'm depressed because of that. As opposed to... You don't have to have a reason. Yeah. Because if you have a reason, that's not going to cure you. Right. What you have to do is accept it and deal with it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Those episodes that come up of depression to deal with in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was rough. There was, you know, I, there was a lot of crying. Yeah, happened, and I, you know, because you're shattering yourself, aren't you? Yeah. You're really shattering yourself. And I just felt hell. I was like, I feel like I'm doing all these things. I was like reading books and listening to people trying to meditate and all this stuff. It's like just nothing seems to be helping you. Yeah, nothing seems to be. None of that is helping you. Mm-hmm. So you got to discover what it is that helps you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I started. I uh, well, honestly. Uh, was going down these routes and it was really a struggle and nothing was really working. And honestly, the, 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 and I wasn't even, I mean, I had, I thought he was good at what he did, but I wasn't necessarily this huge Robin Williams fan or anything. But when, when that happened with him, yeah, it really hit me hard. Like I, it was weird. Like, uh, I remember, like reading on the internet that it had happened and you know initially just kind of like wow that's that's crazy and then just as i was reading more about it and found that he was very depressed and that he did it you know i i once again had another breakdown and again like he was a guy like i liked but i wasn't this like mega fan of or anything but it really hit me hard and it was like it was really it, i don't know it caught me off guard of how much it affected me and i it really was kind of a big moment of like 
okay, I've got to really maybe take more steps of figuring this out because I don't want this to get worse than it already is. That's what it was. At that moment, you, you looked at that and you said, that, that's what could happen to me. Yeah, I mean, in a way. It's like, you know, you, you have this, I was like, yeah, I'm, it's really bad, but I don't, you know, I don't think I would ever get to that point. But, but it's still scary at the same time. Like, who knows? Maybe it could. I don't know. Clearly. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, uh, the one thing that I could compare that to is my smoking cigarettes, where I smoked for 29 years uh-huh. to the point where I could not leave my house without having a coughing fit because I was afraid of the gross shit that was going to pop out in the middle of a class or performing. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at, I was walking up a flight of stairs. No, somebody said, come pick me up. You know what? Just park and then come upstairs. And I said, okay, what floor do you live on? Three. Great. Where's the elevator? There is no elevator. I'm not coming up. I can't breathe. Uh-huh. And, I, and then I was looking around at people on oxygen masks and saying, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that you're doing that to you, yeah, that's when you realize I could do something about this. And then you take action. Because I think that if, you, if you're looking to have an epiphany, you've had it. Mm-hmm. If you're going, I'm looking for an epiphany. You've just had your, your epiphany. And for you, your epiphany was, oh, no more. Yeah. Or, yeah, no more. And in your no more, there's also a more. And the no more is, no more am I going to, to, to hit myself or to feel bad about myself. And the more is, I got to learn how to love myself. Is that? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it's, and I'm still, I still am struggling with it. I, I am feeling much, much better, but I still, yeah, I mean, I've still got plenty of things I need to work on and, and don't, you know, I still kind of struggle with these. Like I said, I got too good at shutting off those feelings for so long and that that's still right. a big struggle for me. Right. Uh, right. It's so interesting too, because your job, you know, most of the people that are on the road are going, ah, the drinking and the girls and the booze and the pot and all that. But yours, it was an emotional shutting down mm-hmm. that you took home. Is, are, are you dating this person? Are you still? Da- yeah. And this person has been with you for like six years now. God damn it, man. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and she, you know, I, credit to her because I know that for a few years, really, like last few years, I probably have not been a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and I think I used to be, and I right. think I'm getting better at it again. Has now, she said? But... Has she has she celebrated this Tony come this 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 uh, this adjusted Tony or whatever you want to call it this clearer Tony because that's really what it is um yeah I mean it's it's been nice because we I feel like we've had you know there's still like I said I'm still working on it there's still work to be done but we're definitely having more fun again and laughing more again and stuff like that you know right yeah right 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 I I remember like not long after I had started taking the medication like I remember we had gone to Disneyland with some friends and had a nice time and I just remember for some reason on the drive back like it was just the two of us like just acting like idiots and just and laughing so much and I remember like while that was happening thinking wow I it's been a long time since we've done this and uh yeah it was it was a nice feeling but then at the same time like uh I not that I necessarily need to say that out loud, but I remember thinking it, but I, I couldn't say it because, again, it was kind of like with that feelings thing where 
I thought it, but I just kind of like let it be. But then like the next day when we were not together, I feel like I, I like texted her and was like, that was really fun last night. Like it was nice. That, like I felt like that was the first time I felt like my old self in a long time. It's so interesting how admitting, how voicing, vocalizing it rather, how important that is. Yeah. And you eventually did it. And yeah, did... but through typing, though. But here's the thing. Does it matter? Does it really matter? I don't know. Because you're in process, right? Aren't you in process? Mm-hmm. That's part of your process. Yeah. You needed to do the texting so that the next opportunity you would go, you know what? I'm not going to text next time. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it when I say it. But you get to give yourself slack to go, I got it out there. And in that way, that is, that's, that's an epiphany. Mm-hmm. That's a success. That is you taking that next step. That's you in process of coming back to you. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I have a much harder time saying it. I, it's way easier for me to type stuff than it is Got to it. That's fine. say it. That's yeah. fine. And I'm sure she knows that too, right? Yeah. She knows that. And she's looking, she looks to that and she goes, that's what, that's what my guy does. He does <laughs> my that. guy. But you know, yeah. that's what he does. <laughs> right. and, and for me, I, I, I had a PTSD relationship prior to the relationship that I'm doing, that I'm in right now. Uh-huh. Um, and so I stop every once in a while and I tell my girlfriend, I like you so much. This is great. This is great. I'm having a good time. I like mm-hmm. the way we talk to each other. I like the way we respect each other. Because then that becomes part, then that becomes uh, uh, inventory of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm admittedly not great at that. No, you and... are in your way, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm not making excuses for you and I don't give a fuck about you. I don't even know you. But really, at the end of the day, you are expressing yourself in you are expressing yourself in the way that you feel best in expressing it. You're not not expressing yourself. You used to not express yourself yeah. in, in that way. But now you are. Mm-hmm. And to be aware that that's the way that you're expressing yourself, you just got to be aware of that. That's the way that you express yourself. And it also is you're on a journey. And the journey will take you to saying it. Mm-hmm. But that's going to come when it comes. And the fact that it's not coming doesn't mean it's not there. It just means it's not... It's not coming in that uh, that medium. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a thing for me that comes up a lot of because I'm I'm not good at saying it, but I'm also not good at receiving it either. If pe- when people throw compliments my way or something, I I don't. I mean, I appreciate them, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to do with them. You don't have to do anything with it. I just I just I just wrote a blog about that this uh-huh. very fucking thing where you don't have to do anything with it. You hear it. And that's it. You have no obligation. No one is saying any of those compliments to you in order for them to get something. If they are, those people are fishing. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in putting a plate of fish on a plate that I take from their lake. What? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, because I used to be bad at that too, but nobody's going to pay me. A, a part, of, part of what I do in order to grow is I, I, I work up in front of people. And if people like what it is I'm doing, going, that is the adrenaline that I need in order for me to move forward. You know, because in improvisation, I don't have it recorded. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to it later. I can't, I, I can't fix it in post. Yeah. It is what it is at that moment. And so by that very nature that I can't fix it in post, I, I give myself slack because it's not going to be perfect. And in it not being perfect, it's perfect. 
Mm -hmm. It is perfect in its imperfection. And so I'm going to take that compliment. And if I say, Tony, fucking, I mean, I love that fucking riff that you did and a bit, a bit, a bit. And I'm going to, and, and I'm saying it just because I need for you, I need to vocalize it. I need to vocalize it. The complimentor needs to vocalize it. And I'm expecting nothing from you. Other than not to call me a liar. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do. They go, no, 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 it wasn't that good. It's like, uh -huh. are you fucking, what? I just complimented you and go, no, 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 it wasn't that. Oh, that wasn't no big deal. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I I have a... Uh, I feel like I'm just like... Maybe it's probably because I came here from therapy, all these like thoughts that literally came up before beforehand where just I have this... I... Again, there's so many things about myself that are just confusing to me where it's like, you know, have been someone like in the arts and a performer for a long time, but I have this weird combination of wanting to be in the spotlight for lack of a better way to put it, but then at the same time, not wanting that at all when it's, when it's on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that. The uh, way no, I, I, I understand what you're talking about. It's so yeah. interesting because of all the instruments you play, the drums. Uh -huh. Nobody puts the drums in the corner. It's like nobody puts baby in the corner. You're <laughs> fucking right in the middle, and very often elevated, right? Yeah, but you're also in the back, and there's guys yes, in you front are. of you. But you know what? I just I just officiated a wedding last week, uh -huh. and they put me on a riser, uh -huh. and the bride and the groom were on the ground. And I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I'm in the fucking center here, dude. This is all about me. But I understand what you're saying. But it's also, you can't, I guess you can't play drums quietly, but not really. You can, you know, you do at certain points, but, you know. Yeah, um, yeah it's just, it's a, it was a weird thing. Cause yeah, being, I don't know, certain people do maybe like focus on the drummer a lot. But I, I say this to a lot of people like half jokingly, but really it is pretty true of, you know, playing in the band and then after a show might like go out like by the merch area or something. People want to say hi, I'll say hi. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times kids walk up to me and then <laughs> hand me their phone so that I'll take the, their picture with the singer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, what? And honestly, I just laugh it off. It didn't really bother me. It's like a little bit of a slap in the face sometimes, right. but like I could just laugh about it most That's of the time. That's really funny. That's really, really funny. I'm, I'm, I just love, I love, I love percussion. I love the drums. I fucking love it so much. I, I remember seeing uh, Led Zeppelin in the seventies and, and Bonham up there and that, the, the, uh, it coming at me so strong, mm -hmm. so fucking strong. And Especially from that guy, yeah, 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 and uh, and then watching the Dead, who have two drummers, and going to see the Allman Brothers, who have two drummers, and to go, there's a fucking life force there that you, it's it's you are it's you're the heartbeat, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is the heartbeat of it all, and I, it just seems it seems so passionate and so visceral and so physical and. Everybody counts on you, yeah, literally I've... and figuratively, <laughs> right. don't they? They count Absolutely. on you, and you count. Yeah, the drummer counts. 
Yeah, and I think a, a good drummer can make or break an entire band. I Clearly. Because if your drummer sucks, it's hard for the band to be good. It really, really is. Yeah. It really is. And when a band loses a drummer, you know, when the Who lost Keith Moon, mm -hmm. they didn't know who the fuck they were for a bit, I think. Yeah. Keith Moon died the day before I was born. Fun fact. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I just and for me I just I also love the jazz drummers too. Are you are you are you taking on different facets of so you're going so so the the Erie Pennsylvania band. Uh, uh it's rock. Straight yeah. head rock. Uh-huh. Are you are you doing do you do jazz at all or uh I am admittedly not a very good jazz drummer. Mm -hmm. I would I would I've all, I admire the shit out of it. I think it's amazing and very difficult. Like mm -hmm. I I always felt like I was much more of a rock drummer than a jazz drummer. What's the difference? Um, it's just I don't know how to like put it into words. It's just so much more complex and you I feel like it requires a lot more um independence well like drumming drumming always requires that because you know like as in each of your four limbs is doing something different right and i feel like even more so in jazz than with rock drumming so is is it because I'm, I'm thinking in my head of some i'm thinking i'm thinking about uh well this is true too uh when the levee breaks mm -hmm. uh so go go Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that it? Did I got it? Close, yeah. Right, what is it? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and then when I think of a jazz trio, like with Coltrane, and they're more... Uh, harp, there's more of a melody that the jazz players play. It, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, my favorite things, and you know when the when the drummer plays in that, it's as if he's playing the piano in right. a way because it's melodious. Mm -hmm. Is that what word melodious? Yeah, it's melodious, and I don't. And I think that is it. Is it fair to say that a rock drummer is less melodious? Not less melodious, but more emphasizing. Obviously, emphasizing the beat. Yeah, you're kind of. I feel like rock drummers are more kind of the backbone. You know, kind of like the glue kind of keeping the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, a lot of times like jazz drumming, uh, like a lot of times there's like parts that everybody's like doing this thing like together. Uh -huh. Like they're all kind of going ba-ba-doo, ba-ba-ba together. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like but everybody's also... playing that same rhythm and like, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, and that happens in rock music, but I think it's not as much as with it would with, with jazz. Jazz can just be a little more all over the place, but at the same time, all together, right? If that makes sense. Uh, have you have you have you played in a jazz? Have you played in a uh, in in high school? I did a little bit of it, but yeah, I just I I never felt very comfortable with it. Yeah, because I just grew up playing for so long and just like kind of always just played rock music, and then so when I tried to like get into the jazz stuff, like I could kind of bullshit my way through it, but right. it just never felt that. Yeah, I guess you got to hit the groove on that in order to really like that's the thing that you really really want to do because the jazz drummers that I've seen and because I've just seen so many great rock drummers too, but the jazz drummers that I have seen are so it's it's as if they're playing well it's as if it's a Ellington trio and um, whoever 
it's not Max Roach. Maybe it's Max Roach. Drummer, right? Max yeah, Roach. He's a drummer. And he is, I'm hearing the melody of that particular song. Mm-hmm. And so it is more integral in a way because it's yeah. not necessarily just the backbone. It is the backbone too. Right. But there's more going on there. There's more going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, I admire the hell out of it. And it just, it's, uh, yeah, like those guys floor me most of the time if I, you know, you see a, a good one. But yeah, I just never just felt all that comfortable with it. And all, in all honesty, I haven't really been playing a ton of drums. What have you been doing? Uh, well, I mean, all the you know the songs that I write for the podcast, like I kind of I'll play all because you stuff play on that. you play everything on that, right? Yeah, you play guitar too. Yeah, and you you do guitar, vocals, drums, bass, and bass. Ca- occasional keyboards or whatever. Right? On it. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of were you doing that on the road? Way. Uh, not really. Like I might like pick up a acoustic guitar laying around, just right? noodle around. But yeah, if you, you, there's a fucking renaissance, man. I'm not saying you're a renaissance <laughs> man. I'm saying you had a renaissance uh-huh. when you quit. No, I'm a renaissance man. We'll go with it. And you're a renaissance <laughs> man, right? Right. Uh, your songs in the key of life. Uh, you know where he played every instrument, didn't he? Uh, Stevie I'm not Wonder. Sure. I know he did I play he, drums on a lot of those. Yeah, stuff, he, at least. I think he yeah. did like almost fucking everything. It wouldn't surprise on that. me. Yeah. Drummer, mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder, right? Drummer, piano player. Yeah. Everything. I've seen video of him playing drums, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I remember when Songs in the Key of Life came out. Double album, right? Yes. And double album, four sides, not a bad song, and mm-hmm. a fucking bunch. Nothing. Yeah. Not only that, but it like changed everything. Right. Isn't she lovely? Where you had... But that drumming at the beginning, right? It starts out with that. And then you've got soundtrack of, of his baby in a bathtub that he runs throughout the back end of that song. Like, Come on, baby, get out of the tub. Come on, baby, get out of the tub. Remember that? Part of that? It's been a while since okay, I've fine. heard the entire thing. Yeah. Fine, fine. That's just one song. <laughs> Do you listen to a lot of music, though? Is it, or is that hard for you to listen to now? It's, yeah, again, that falls into that like weird relationship that I'm having. Like, not a whole lot of music is just exciting me very much right now. Um, and yeah, I like when, like if I'm in my car, I, I'll usually just like put my iPod on random and like skip around a lot. And, uh, yeah, there's like not stuff that's making me go like, I have to listen to this. Like that's just not happening right now. And like when I have free time and I'm going to listen to something like 99% of the time I'm listening to podcasts. Right. So yeah, it's just it's it's yeah it's it's interesting. Just music is just it's not it's 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 weird because it's not a big interest right now, but it still like trickles its way into the things that I'm doing. Sure. I guess it just has to. Or, well, what else really... do you know to do? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, I, and, and I, I as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm wondering. Because I went through the same thing when I left the artistic director of Second City. I was like, cannot watch any more sketch. Can't watch any more improvisation. Fucking can't talk to you about improv. I don't want to fucking do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to do that. And I wonder if those of us who have, who have had, um, I'm going to call it a transition, who have had a transition, if they, if they really shed that which was their foundation for so long and eventually come back to it um, with, with the appreciation with the appreciation of that having skewed a little bit in a good way. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many, you know, I wonder if that, that seems to be, 
that seems to be the way that we live our life. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I think, I mean, just part of it, I feel like most new music that I hear just doesn't do anything for me. And so uh, it's, yeah, if I do listen to music, I feel like I've, I'm like going back and listening to like older stuff that, um, because yeah, just newer stuff is just not cutting it for me right now. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. For me, it was that's what happened in the '90s, uh -huh. where I went, "Where's, where's the music? Mm -hmm. Where's the music? Right? What's happening right now?" <laughs> but you don't want to be the guy. You know, I'm 55, so I, I don't want to be the guy that's like, "Ah, it's all noise. What you're listening yeah. to? It's all noise." Because I don't want to do that. Yeah, and that's what I've been wondering lately. I'm like, am I just? like grumpy and jaded with this or am I becoming like you know your parents when you're listening to things like what is all this noise you know because that's what I feel like I'm like which is it am I just getting older now or what? so yeah. now the now now the phrase uh you have a complicated relationship with music that really that really resonates with me now of what you're saying because you uh -huh. really do have a complicated relationship with music because and it's because of what it because of what it means Historically to you, mm -hmm. your background, your foundation, what that means to the point where it's it's an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, because there, there literally is not a time in my life that I don't remember being really into music or already playing drums. Because my dad played drums and so I was just like around it. Right. And I just kind of Was he a professional drummer? No, not a professional. He just like played in a cover band on the weekend Got and it. stuff. But, you know, I was always just around it. And so I just kind of picked it up from watching him when I was young. Um, and, you know, so it was, it started as just like liking it. And then as I got older, it became more of like a serious thing. It was like, oh, I really like this and feel like I'm okay at it. And uh, so, yeah, it was just, you know, was a huge part of my life. And right now it's just like, I just am not all that interested in it. Oh, it's so awesome. It <laughs> makes me want to cry. It's so fucking awesome. It really, really is profound and what's profound about it i think that what, what gets me what's profound about it is that you have an understanding of the relationship that you have with it that it is complicated and yet you aren't home underneath a blanket going who the fuck am i you know you're looking at these other things <clears throat> not looking at the other things you're engaged in these other things that is at the other end of that and you will never not have music yeah but it's going to be a different relationship that you had than it was yeah yeah i don't know i feel like the the two things that i feel like i've always you know liked and played music and then just enjoyed being and acting like an idiot <laughs> so i feel like now maybe i'm like kind of sort of embracing that side a little bit more <laughs> And it's like, I don't know, it's just something, you know, it's uh, the other thing that I've always, I don't, I don't know what that is necessarily. I don't know what, you know, well, so I've just, you know, the podcast has been like an outlet to just kind of act like an idiot, but then still get the music out a little bit on there. And would like you say, would you, would you, would you do the, <laughs> tell us what the YouTube, the, the YouTube podcast would be? <laughs> so, so give us perspective because I, I, I was telling it to, to Laura and, and she was in the other room choosing the other room and I was reading the name of your podcast but uh -huh. it's one of those things where it's the humor is in the reading it not in the saying it <laughs> right. you know what I mean yeah well that yeah so, so that, the, that's the other podcast right right uh, right right yeah. so the podcast that is so 
So now we're talking about three different podcasts. We're talking about Felice Navi Pod. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this podcast that isn't your podcast, but that your podcast is based on that podcast. Right. At least the title. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So the podcast is not yours, but the other podcast right. is called what? That is you talking you two to me. You talking you two to me. Yes. As okay. in you two the band. Right. And that's Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott talking. Well, it's supposed to be them talking about you two, like going through each of their albums and everything. And it's just ridiculous. Have you heard it? No, before? I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, it. it's just... Is it, it good? Oh, I think it's fantastic because it's just, it's so stupid, but in like the best way possible. Like, I don't mean that it's an insult. <laughs> no, I understand but, yeah. what stupid is. Yeah. I understand the appeal of stupid. <laughs> I totally understand um, the appeal of So stupid. like, and like they even, I think they had, I, I legitimately think they had intentions of it like legitimately being them, they're going to talk about you two and go through each of the albums, but they're just a couple of goofballs. So like they get sidetracked so easily and it just turns into just these idiotic conversations and it's, it's delightful. (laughs) And, uh, so, uh, my friend Todd Cooper, uh, texted me one day and asked me if I listened to that show. And I said, yeah, and that I really liked it. And, uh, he asked if I would want to do a podcast where we talk about that podcast and call it <laughs> You Two Talking You Two to Me Too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that came initially through, I think, uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Like they were talking, because I think, I think the yes was added through Ben Acker. Because <laughs> it was just going to be you two talking, like you two to me too. Like a ben Acker yeah. thing. He was like, you should, you should answer the question in the title. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what did you do with uh, the Thrilling Radio Otter? Did you work with him on that? Or? No, I, I actually have no connection to that. I just uh-huh. have uh, befriended those guys. Um, I think, do you know Mike Furman? Yes. Yeah, I kind of I met Ben Acker through Mike Furman, uh-huh. and uh, and then just kind of through that ended up meeting all these other guys and just... wow, the creative world. And and you know what? You're on the road. You don't meet those fuckers. Yeah, no, it's been crazy. Uh, you know, I've always really been interested in comedy and liked comedy, and uh, you know, even as a very young kid, like was like weirdly really into like comedy and like late night talk shows and stuff. Uh, and then, so then when I moved out here, uh, like after a couple of years of being out here, I started like going to UCB and stuff like that more often and just ended up like really getting into it. And then just through a weird, just weird things here and there, uh, started befriending a lot of those guys. Right. And, uh, and so, and now it's, it's, it's weird cause, uh, like the meltdown especially has become like a huge part of my life now. Oh, awesome. Because uh, I started going to the meltdown shows on the Wednesday night shows that they do, which are always great and just kind of ended up befriending so many people that either just go to it regularly or work the show or host the show or on the show. And just like, I don't know, it's just such a nice, fun community of people that I just feel comfortable in and have fun with and it's really, yeah, it's really, it's crazy. Like I had lived here for a while and I've liked living here, but now that I'm actually here and not gone all the time, it's given me the time to go to those things and meet these people and hang out with these people. And it's like, Oh, I actually like, I had a lot of acquaintances here and I had a few like people that I called friends, but like 
I really feel like now it's like, okay, I actually have like this great group of friends that I just love hanging out with and, and making stuff with. Oh my God. Let's end there. That's really <laughs> great. That's about collaboration. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rizowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, go to his website at www.davidrizowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drizowski.